Welcome to A Passion to Serve. My name is Don Kutnicki and I'm the host of the podcast. I've spent the majority of my professional career developing and implementing policies and programs to help break the vicious cycle of poverty that too many people endure. With A Passion to Serve, I bring you stories of individuals from all walks of life who are working towards similar goals and objectives. During our interviews, we discuss employment and training programs, Head Start services, financial literacy instruction, and so much more. And of course, I also speak to the people who are utilizing these programs to help create a better life for themselves and their families. I hope you decide to join me and learn about these amazing people who all have a passion to serve. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 5 of A Passion to Serve. I have the privilege of speaking again with Felipe Lopez-Susaita, who's the Executive Director of the Hispanic Latino Commission of Michigan. Felipe, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much, Stan, for giving me the opportunity to come back. So, Felipe, there's a lot that I definitely want to cover with you during our conversation today, but even though we had talked once before, please give us a little bit of background information on your education and professional experience. Um, yes. Yeah, so, um, so you know, for for the education piece of it, I think the um, what I learned the most was as a as an immigrant and a farm worker, right? So coming in, and th- that was my first in this country. Uh, what I learned, um, but in terms of formal education, I I came to Michigan State in two thousand one through the the MSU Camp Program. Um, it, it was. Um, my sister had came to Michigan State um, two years prior than 2001, and she was the first one in our family to to ever take that leap of faith. And, um, you know, my, my parents weren't as supportive because in, in our culture, women, you know, um, it's very difficult. But Myra took the leap of faith, and um, and my parents wanted me to come take care of Myra. So, you know, I, I had to do what I had to do and, and, and end up going to uh, Michigan State. Um, I wasn't qualified, but we were lucky enough to know uh, this gentleman from Southwest Detroit, Rudy Hernandez, who who helped my sister get into MSU and then um, helped me. Um, and two days before before college started, um, he was able to, to direct me into camp and that's how I got admitted, you know, but um, I got my undergrad in criminal justice, a master's in social work from MSU. And then I got a doctorate at Ferris State University. Um, and even though, like I like I've said before, Don, it sounds so easy to just speak it, but it's actually it was very difficult journey for me. Um, and in terms of my professional career, um, I've done a lot of things. Um, you know, I was a, a minority eight. Um, in charge of 165 students uh, as a junior in four different dorms and um, becoming a mentor and, and visiting students and making sure they were adapting and, and being retained. And then uh, when I graduated, camp gave me an opportunity to be a grad assistant. And so that's when I started um, learning advising, cohort model, um, wraparound services, which was very, very instrumental and helpful later in my career. But after that, I was an assistant hall director in Butterfield. I'm in charge of, you know, 300, 365 freshman students. Um, and then I had to supervise mentors at the age of 21. And after that, I, I was a mental health therapist um, and, and worked uh, with people with uh, disabilities. 
and eventually went to Lansing Community College eight years, and then I've been with the Hispanic Latino Commission for almost five. <laughs> and I and I'm sorry, that's a long um, answer, but that's that's kind of what what my journey has been like. Yeah, it's so. It's interesting when you sum it up like that, but we've had some prior conversations, both on the podcast and and informally, and I have an appreciation for all the different steps that you had to take to get to where you currently are at. And one of the things that really has always stood out to me, there's two things. One of them is that there were people who came before you. You had mentioned your sister. You mentioned the importance of Rudy in getting you enrolled and admitted into Michigan State University that you had those people who were blazing, kind of creating that trail that was in front of you that made it a little bit easier possibly for you to take that leap of faith. And the other thing that I would want to mention, too, is anyone who is introduced to you within within five minutes, they're going to know your passion and your dedication to education and making that accessible to as many people as possible. Absolutely, Don. And um you know, one thing I, I always speak about is, um, you know, my, my ancestors, right? Um, the trauma that they'd, they'd experienced for me to get here. And um, and I'm basically what they dreamed of when they were, you know, suffering pain and, and you know, working in the fields, backbreaking. And they had this vision of me um, being where I'm at, right? So I'm, I'm essentially living their dream. So, um you know, when, when I do this work or when I sit anywhere, I'm, I'm always very considerate of all those people because I mentioned Myra, Rudy. There's a lot of people in between that, that have mentored me, that have guided me, that have challenged me um, so that I could be where I'm at. So, so absolutely, Don. And um, I appreciate you, you know, paying attention to that because I, I, I don't believe that people are, are born leaders. They're, you know, they're... I think their life experiences is what, what gets them there. Well, the, what stands out to me, and even though our experiences were very different, that I was a first-generation college student, and I look back at it with a little bit of almost regret that I, I remember going on campus to Michigan State University with my dad, and he really didn't know how to respond to everything that was being thrown at him, being thrown at us. And a typical teenager, I was almost feeling a little embarrassed. And now when I look back at it, I think about what a huge opportunity that he and my mom gave to me. And I didn't even really have that sense of appreciation. It was almost after the fact that I realized how important it was to him and I always carry that with me in my day-to-day work activities. So not exactly the same experience as you, but definitely that appreciation for the people who really provided this type of opportunity for us. Yes, and and it took a lot, right? Like when you start thinking of your father and the sacrifice, your mother and your grandparents, and um, it all adds up, right? Um, you know, it for does. me... Um, like I said, I, I, I was, uh, you know, first generation, you know, coming to this country. So, um, yeah, and, and absolutely, I think you appreciate it. And so I respect you, um, you acknowledging that because uh, sometimes people think it's easy, right? And, and I'm sure you had a, a rough road when you're a first generation college student. It doesn't matter what color you are, like the struggle of understanding and, and 
it's very difficult and you need guidance. So, um, and I, I, that's why I appreciate what you do, Don, because um, this is educational, right? You're sharing, you're giving knowledge, you're, you're um, talking to other folks that could share some, some nuggets. And um, I absolutely respect that. So thank you, Don. Well, I appreciate that. So with everything that has happened in 2020 and then heading into 2021, between the the pandemic and the political unrest, um, I really want to shift gears and transition to some of the real positive elements that have been going on. And I want you to know I'm a regular visitor to your Facebook page and Hispanic Latino Commission of Michigan does fantastic work. So I would like you to talk a little bit about some of the goals and objectives that you had last year in 2020 and what were some of the accomplishments that really stood out to you? Um, yes, Don, I think, um, you know, last time we spoke, it was in February and we were getting ready for the statewide graduation. We were excited. Right. And then all of a sudden, right, March came and we all know what happened. The entire world shut down. And, um, like many other people that had events, we, we, we canceled ours, but what most importantly, what happened was that as, um, from the governor's office, there was a lot of executive orders, a lot of information being put out there of COVID, but nothing was coming out in, 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 in our language, right. In Spanish. So we worked with the governor's office to ensure that stuff would be coming out and, and still is, is still continuing to come out about vaccination and all that. But um, things like that, when, when, when you're in the middle of struggle, you learn how to pivot and, and pay attention to that. So we're very fortunate that, and, and I don't um, want to take the full credit because it was my commissioners as well that, um, you know, that, that between all of us, we lifted and we pushed and we got that to, so that other, other ethnicities also got an opportunity to get that translated but beyond that um you know that we had a lot of important things census 2020 and it didn't stop we had to continue to to work you know with other uh, other agencies from across the state um meet and um and see what other things were happening and then uh we started a podcast right similar with with what you do don we um ours were small five minute ten minute We'd had community leaders speak, talk about the importance of census, um, voting, registration. We worked with um, current college students to to speak about the importance of the, of the vote of the because there's so many young uh, Latinx students out there, and so um, that got about ten thousand reach. And um, you know there was so much that was happening. Um, and we just pivot, you know, even the way we celebrated Hispanic Heritage Month, we we had an opportunity to to record videos, um, many, many um, small podcasts um, acknowledging the work that were, they were doing in their communities. Uh, obviously, very different than than, you know, being in community and, and being in person. But I mean, that that generated, um, you know, 40,000 reach. Um, in that month, just um, lifting up leaders. So those were some of the accomplishments. Um, so much in between that happened um, constantly, you know, with, with migrants lifting up uh, migrant workers, their need for being test, tested, coming from other states. Um, and all that was lifted through, through you know, the tables that we're able to sit in 
And so, um, so yeah, no, very privileged. Um, still a lot of work, right, with the, the vaccinations coming out and, again, making right. sure that, that our community is, is aware and has access to the education. And so that's what we're working on right now. So I really enjoy the podcast recordings and all the videos that are on your Facebook page. And for the, for all the listeners, if you've not been to the Hispanic Latino Commission of Michigan's Facebook page, I would strongly encourage you to do so. Because really what it does for me, it just it fills it fills my bucket, Felipe, that I go in there, I listen to the videos, I see all the good work that's being done. And it's such a strong reminder of why I do what I do and the importance of what it is that we're trying to do that, that, you know, the mission, everything that we are trying to accomplish right now, it's, it's just, it's bigger than both of us. And I think there's that awareness and that appreciation of it. So once again, strongly encourage everyone to please go to the Facebook page and look at some of the video recordings and some of the other important information. Another highlight that I I did want to bring up and get a couple of comments from you about this, that there was a significant accomplishment too, where Commissioner Bocanegra, I believe, was appointed as the 58th District Court Judge and just would like you to come on, comment on that. Yes, so Commissioner Juanita Bocanegra uh, from Ottawa County, she, she actually launched a, a campaign and she ran for office and, um, and she won and you know, it, 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 we are all very, very, very proud of Juanita. Juanita is is a person of integrity, um, of a lot of heart, and and she's put a lot into this commission, um, advocating and and lifting up voices, right? That that are sometimes um, ignored. But what, what's very, very amazing is that Juanita is a migrant worker. Um, you know, she came up through through Holland. From, from South Texas and working with her with her parents and so you know we couldn't have, we couldn't have been prouder I mean she's the first one ever in the county to 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 win that those elections there in, in Ottawa County and so um, and and like you know I've had conversations with her and and um, she's she's the first but she won't be the last right like it, it gives hope to other right. other other Latinas other migrant workers that, that are thinking about it, right? She actually did it. And so, again, I couldn't be more prouder than her. Well, and that's those are just some of the stories that I really like to highlight that I feel like there's a lack of information. And in some cases, the worst case scenario, there's really misinformation. So Juanita, like yourself, is part of that real proud farm worker tradition. I also know by visiting your Facebook page and going onto your website that you were actively involved in making sure that people were taking advantage of the Futures for Frontliners initiative. And once again, as we both know, the farm worker population are considered essential workers. And wondering if you have some things to comment about that initiative as well. Yes, you know, man, there's so much stuff that happened in 2020. And I really want to... you know, take the time to acknowledge Commissioner Sonia Hernandez, who has been incredibly, um, has pushed, you know, every button and, and pushing. And so um, she's done a lot in this, in this space and making sure that, that um, 
and obviously me as well and the commissioners, right? We have all pushed, but Sonia has been, you know, um, very, very passionate about this and making sure that migrant workers qualify, right? Um, the problem, there, there's a lot of things on that go behind the, you know, behind the curtains. I mean, there's uh, residency, um, and you know, for migrants that are moving around. And so that's why our experts, our expertise are so important that we're where they're sitting and advising, right? Whoever's making this, these decisions that they take into consideration or DACA students, right? That are, aren't able, aren't Pell eligible to, to apply for financial aid, but still are essential workers, right? And so those are conversations that we continue to bring forward and continue to um, really piss people off, but that's our job, right? And we, we want to make sure that we do well by our community. And not only that, but even undocumented workers that are, are here in Michigan risking their lives in the dairy farms year round. We want to make sure that, that, um, that, that, their, that their spirit is at the table. And so luckily we have a governor um, that is very receptive and very, um, you know, open to, to, to doing this. So, so there is some work happening. And so I'm, I'm excited about that, that, Don, but again, it takes courage, right. To, to speak, to use your megaphone. Right. And um, Sonia has been absolutely incredible in this, in this area. So I appreciate that. So we do have, as we know, on a national level, we do have a new administration. And I'm wondering, with that new administration, has that changed or altered your approach in terms of your objectives for 2021? And also, what are some of those goals that you had from last year that will carry over into this year? Yeah, no, um, you know, I've always said that um, regardless of the administration or who's in power, like we're going to continue pushing, right? Um, there is some hope, you know, that this current administration had promised um, DACA there would be a pathway. And with the Senate and the House, you know, being controlled by the, by the Democrats, there is some hope there. So, but again, until it, it happens, we're still going to keep you know, advocating on their behalf on the on the DACA, the undocumented, the migrant workers, our communities. You know, in urban cities, um, you know, first, second, it doesn't matter if they're third or fourth generation Latinos. We are here um, to ensure that that we have a voice, and um, and that is not just our voice, the commissioners or myself, but it's a people's voices, and that's why, you know, Don, you planted this seed. Like I. I you know, when you asked me to come back, I was like, absolutely yes, because when we when that happened in February, um, we needed something like this, right? We we needed to pivot and and give other people the the megaphones for them to speak their truth, and so we've been able to do that, and so we're going to continue to do that this year. We're going to continue to advocate for our community to get educated on the vaccine, whether they want to take it or don't. That that's going to be completely up to them, but we at least want to give them information. And we're going to, right now we're working with Dale Freeman and uh, Merck and other folks to, to ensure a campaign that we educate our community. So, and there, there's so many other things too, Don, like the gerrymandering that's happening where, where 
following following that to make sure that you know um, that when when those redistricting lines are being put together that we have a voice that um, so and and I can probably list a ton of other things but those are, are some that come to mind well and we're all fortunate too in Michigan that we have some very strong advocates and you have mentioned a couple of them already Dale Freeman with Department of Health and Human Services, who also is the chair of the Interagency Migrant Services Committee, and all the, the advocates there are part of that group that help us address these issues as timely as possible. So I'm going to pivot myself right now. And as you know, I'm one of the, your biggest fans when it comes to the Hispanic graduation ceremony. And I'm wondering, do you have any update about whether or not that's going to be a possibility in, in 2021? So, yes, Don, I've been talking. Um, Sonia is our um, our chair for the the public relations who, who's tasked with, with this, this um, project. And so I, I spoke to Sonia and the commissioners and, and we are going to we are going to have it. We're going to have a virtual graduation. I'm, I'm actually putting out. Uh, a save the date on Monday. Uh, we're working on it, um, but we're planning on having it in April, April 9th, which is a Friday at 6 p.m. And and we're excited. Not only are we going to celebrate this year's graduates, but last year because they didn't get uh, an opportunity right to to celebrate. So we, we are going to do a virtual and um, we are planning to to give them um, a serape. Uh, to all of them, mail it out to them, um, ensure that they, um, you know, that they get something for their hard work. And, and also it's a token of our appreciation for, for making the state better and for the contributions that they, they are going to have. So, and, and you, uh, you know, um, this is something that is very, very important, not just for our community, but also to, to, to showcase a talent and to those people that make excuses that there's not enough qualified um, Latinx, um, you know, people coming out of college that gives them an opportunity to, to, you know, to really look at this and say, yeah, we, we don't have any excuses anymore. I can't wait for the graduation ceremony. I'm, I'm really gratified to hear that it's going to be virtual and that, you're moving forward with it. And I do, I completely agree that it's important and it's necessary. And it's just really reaffirming for everything that we're trying to get done and accomplish. It's such a, an amazing experience to be a part of that ceremony. Now, I do know that when you're putting that ceremony together, as well as some of, some of your other work responsibilities, that you have a new program coordinator who actually was uh, an intern with the Hispanic Latino Commission of Michigan. Is um, that that's correct? correct? We, um, you know, I, I uh, brought in Anna, uh, her freshman year at a, um, at a college and she, she was with us there for three to four years. And then she went on to the university of Michigan, got her master's degree. And we just lost Daniel on Friday. He went over with Dale. <laughs> so there's like a, a lot of different components <laughs> happening. But we're very fortunate to to have Daniel, you know, who's a very, very sharp young man with a, with an eye, um, sharp eye on policy to be there with Dale because um, the migrant community needs somebody like, like Daniel advocating. And, and we're happy to 
you know, in, invite Anna back to um, to continue the work, right? And so we're very thrilled for both of them. And and Anna um, brings so much to the to the table as well. She's a former migrant worker, um, as a as a social worker, uh, undergrad and masters, just like Daniel. Both of them have similar path. And so, um, yeah, we're very thrilled to have Anna back. Well, and I was. I was sad to see Daniel Carrion leave, who was the former program coordinator, but it's nice that he's staying within this realm and that we'll be able to continue to work with them. And it's always nice when that new opportunity becomes available for someone like Anna. And I don't know if I've met Anna. I may have met her before, but I do know where her heart is only in that she has been working with the high school equivalency yeah. program with Michigan State University as an instructor. So she's helping people from a farm worker background gain their GED, which will open more doors for them economically and, and hopefully help break that cycle of poverty. So once again, you're bringing in those people who are passionate about this work that we're trying to get yes, done. Yes, and, and Anna is a former migrant worker herself out of Dewajik, Michigan. And so she she you know she she has a lot of passion um a lot of passion for education as well and so there's a lot of um similarities in both of us but yet we have such different skill sets um you know that between both of us you know we're gonna um, make an excellent team um and so i'm excited because she uh, i can learn a lot from her and she can learn from me and and i think together um you know, we, we're going to do some, some great stuff this year. I'm sure you will. Um, the final question or comment that I have for you is I would just like you to share with our listeners, where can they learn more about the Hispanic Latino commission of Michigan? Yes, I think, um, well, we have a website. Um, it's, it's still under construction. The best, the best thing I think would, would be in our, in our Facebook. I think a lot of, um, we try to to put as much information and as much content um, as possible. Um, like I said, we're gonna do more um, more more podcasts um, or Facebook live events. Um, like we we had one um, last week on Friday where we had um, current um, students that won the the future um, uh, future leader scholarship, which um, you know, some of them came in and shared their pathway and their their success and how to navigate higher ed. So, you know, I would say Facebook would be um, the best one right now as we're continuing to work on our website. But our website also has a lot of content, a lot of good information. Um, and so those are the, the two things. Uh, people can always reach out to me as well or Anna. Um, and, you know, we'd be happy to to sit and talk about, you know, questions that might, might um, you know, might be out there about anything. Well, we had talked about this a little bit prior to the, the start of the interview, but I'm excited to share out the Facebook Live events, not only on this podcast, but also on the Passion to Serve website, because I just think it's so important to get this information out, just so people really know that, with everything that's going on and it's easy to become disheartened when, you know, the pandemic goes on and on and we're still somewhat isolated, 
just to have these nuggets, these things that we can hold on to and really look to and say, we need to keep moving forward. We need to keep progressing. The work doesn't stop. In fact, in a lot of ways, it's increased. Felipe, I always enjoy speaking with you. If there is one person, um, honestly, when I who I think of that really does things for the right reasons and has wonderful intentions for the work that he does, it's you. So thank you so much for everything that you are accomplishing. And thank you for joining me today on A Passion to Serve. John, thank you so much. And, and you know, um, I'll end with this. I mean, the reason I do this is because I have four four boys right that are growing up and i want them to be uh to live in a better space than i than i grew up in right but i want them to make the world a better place as well so this is why we do what we do and um you know it goes back to to generations right what they did and sacrificed for us to be here so we owe it to them to just do the best that we can And, and again i appreciate everything that you do don for for giving people this opportunity to speak their minds to speak their truth and um you know it's it's unbelievable so thank you don well you're very welcome and it just re-energizes me so once again thank you felipe for joining me today and i'm sure that we will talk again very very soon thank you thank you Thank you for listening to A Passion to Serve. You can follow A Passion to Serve on Spotify, where you have access to my interviews from seasons one through three, along with recently published episodes. Until next time.